Hello and welcome to Feed, Play, Love. In this episode of Helpline, we are joined today by Mothercraft nurse Chris Minogue, who's had over 30 years experience helping families, whether it's with their babies who won't sleep or um, their toddlers who are misbehaving or challenging, having challenging behaviour, let's say, or maybe a combination of the two. Hi, Chris, how are you? I'm really well. Nice to have you back. Um, now, there are a number of ways you can ask your questions. If you're joining us live via Facebook, you can pop your questions below this video. Or if you're listening via the podcast, you can send your questions to helpline at theparentbrand.com.au and we will get to your questions next week. Let's get cracking, shall we, Chris? Our, our first question comes from Emma on the email. She says, up until a few days ago, my nine-week-old was consistently clocking seven-hour stretches overnight. He did this from about five to six weeks of age, going down around 9.30 p.m. However, we're now experiencing two issues concurrently. One, catnapping throughout the day, and two, intense crying in the evening, which suggests to me he's either overtired or we're just unlucky in the witching hour stakes. Our typical day is 8 a.m. wake up to 8.15 p.m. bedtime. He has four naps through the day, one to one and a half hours of wake time between each. And it's a real battle to get him to sleep for more than 45 minutes at a time. He'll usually resettle with help in the morning nap. But in the afternoons, the only way to get more than 45 minutes nap time is to carry him in the baby carrier after his his 45-minute waking. His last nap is around 6.15. Then we have a 7 p.m. bedtime routine of half feed, bath, the rest of his feed and bed by 8.15. And this is where it falls apart. Mm-hmm. He won't go down at 8.15. He'll scream for 45 minutes and will be fussy until about 10-ish when he finally conks out. He will wake up when I pop him in the cot though, so we'll fall asleep in the cot. Something to note, my son has what was described as a minor tongue tie. So I'm breastfeeding at the start of the feed and then topping up with an express bottle. As the lactation consultant told me, he has to work harder at breastfeeding and I want to ensure he gets a full feed in. Other times, like weekends or after bath, my husband will just bottle feed him with express milk. I've listened to every Helpline podcast. This is also my second child, so I thought I'd learned a thing or two. But I'm not sure how to tackle the catnapping or if I'm tackling it correctly and the witching hour. Do I just forget about the cot and let him nap in the baby born on me throughout the day where I know he can get some solid two-hour sleeps or do I persist with the cot? I also have a three-year-old who will drag a chair to the baby's room when I'm trying to resettle, despite being offered screen time. So I don't have a lot of time to spend resettling. That's from Emma. Well, that does sound like the average second baby, like almost complete chaos when they wake up from that six-week period after that sleepy phase. And I think the hard thing about this is the baby was probably sleeping seven hours because it was so tired from the day and now it's more alert and awake, it's actually becoming harder and harder. So the tongue tie is an interesting one because she might need that reassessed as to how effectively the baby's putting weight on because the baby's almost getting a feed at the beginning of the awake period and at the end of the wake period. So therefore, when it feeds again, it's not as hungry as it should be. So taking that into account, I'd probably feed to the best of your ability and then offer the top up straight away because then we're feeding, playing and sleeping and moving more into that sequence. 
And that's going to help the feeding because then the baby will have had, let's say, a three-hour window between the feeds and the feeding will be more effective. And that answers the, that part in there about the chaos of the feeding. So the, the baby's nine-week-old pattern is about 11 hours. The day is about 11 to 12 hours, which seems right. It's getting up about 8 and going down at about 8.30, and that would be about right. The witching hour that you're getting from that period through to 10 o'clock, I think is just complete overtiredness. So sometimes when you're in this spot and she knows what to do, she knows she needs to resettle, maybe the first sleep of the day where the toddler's a little bit more alert and can be distracted a bit more, maybe lunchtime, or in her case, it'd be mid-afternoon starting from eight, then just set yourself two goals of getting him resettled on two of those sleep phases. And the other two sleep phases, I'd probably fit into what you're doing. So whether he gets a pouch sleep or a pram sleep, because you need to get out, I think then you've got the balance. But he needs more sleep in the day to start sleeping better at night. So I think moving him into feed, play, sleep and bringing the whole feed together will give more effective feeding and increase the likely of complete and full breastfeeds and get her on that track. The feed, the awake period's about right, about closer to an hour and a half, but he seems to be doing that. And at least resettling in twice or two of the sleep cycles in the day, you're setting the path for a good sleep pattern. And I think it's the juggle. You've got a three-year-old who's standing at the door with a chair in its hand and a baby who's crying. So to get him back to her, should I just put him in a pouch and let him go? Well, I actually think there's nothing wrong with that to break a cycle. So maybe doing that for a day or two so the baby's well slept and then getting back into putting your baby down and doing the resettling might just give a circuit breaker for this little one because there's a lot going on there. Mm, God, it's yeah. hard when they're both small. Yeah, when they're really little. Yeah, You, you can't actually, especially <laughs> when screen time doesn't work, you're like, come yeah. on. <laughs> no, I want to go with you down the hallway. I brought my own chair to watch you in action. <laughs> okay, well, good luck, Emma. I hope that helps. Yeah. This one comes from Jane on Facebook Live. She yeah. says, hi, I have a 21-month-old who was sleeping beautifully through the night and going to sleep independently. Yep. In the past two weeks, that's all gone downhill. She's become very clingy and will only sleep on me and has become very difficult to settle. There's a bit of separation anxiety during the day, so not sure if this is contributing to, the cha to her change in sleep. I would love any suggestions on tips you may have to help us get through this rough patch. This mama bear is very tired. Okay, so 21 months, so they're, they're nearly up to the age of two. And I think the biggest factor with, or there's two big factors with their sleep at this point, how much sleep they're having in the day mm -hmm. and how they're going to sleep and what happens when they wake at night. So Siobhan, can you tell me again, did she mention how much sleep she had in the day? Uh, we've just got some more details here. She oh, says, good. no changes to anything else at home to suggest this change. Normal routine is bed at seven. Waking around 7, 7.30 a.m. and nap from 12.30 till 2. Okay, so timing-wise, that sounds really good. So then, then you have to go to behaviour-wise because generally a 21-month-old eats well in the day. You know, she's getting enough sleep. You know, she's sleeping in good hours. So then it's probably about what happens when you go into the room and how she sees what happens there. So if you say put her down and 
you can walk out and she goes to sleep. But when she wakes up at nine o'clock or 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock, she gets picked up, she gets cuddled a lot more, she gets taken out of the cot, she gets taken out of the room, then that becomes quite chaotic for the 21-month-old. So I think, you know, we've ticked the sleep issue, she's probably feeding well, you know, three good meals, couple of snacks in the day, you know, drinking plenty of water. So the last part is what is the message that we're giving her at night that is different to the way we put her to bed? And so I just start with something sort of gentle by going to the door and saying, you need to put your head down and then mummy can come in and give you a pat. So getting her to lay back down is the biggest trick at this age group. So getting her to lay down and just standing at the door and reassuring her and saying, when you put your head down, then mummy can give you a pat. And as soon as she puts her head down, go over and pat her, look, get a calm, tell her, you know, it's time for sleep. Good girl, we'll see you in the morning and then walking out. And then if she pops back up, which they do automatically pop back up again, then leaving her for a little bit, you know, good five minutes, she's 21 months, she's got to learn how to go back down again, then going back to the door and suggesting, put your head down, mummy can come. The other thing to consider if you've tried this, and I would try it for three or four nights to see if we can get the momentum of her going to sleep, is to send maybe your partner in, somebody that's more predictable, weirdly, but she doesn't see as often. So sometimes when the mum comes to the door, they almost know what there's go what's going to happen there. So by sending dad in or your partner in, it might just change it up enough by but doing the same thing. Put your head down, I can give you a pat. And see if that can get her to learn how to go back to sleep because you're doing all the right things in terms of timing and what she needs. Okay. This next question comes from Grace from our Facebook inbox. She says, my three and a half year old has started having bad dreams. Every night for the last fortnight, she wakes up saying she's had a bad dream. Sometimes she's very hysterical and clearly distressed. Yeah. She bolts out of her room and comes into our bed around midnight. She sleeps with her one and a half year old sister who's a light sleeper. And when, when we return her to her bed, she often resists and gets even more upset. We've started to let her fall back to sleep in our bed, then return her to her bed. But now we're doing this every few hours. Yeah. It seems to be getting worse. She's been a fantastic sleeper until now. She had a rather traumatic sleepover at her grandparents' house about a month ago where she woke from a nightmare and I wasn't there. I can't think of any other triggers. Please help. I'm making a rod for my own back and don't know how to manage this. I imagine she needs comfort, but also I need her to sleep in her own bed. Thanks so yeah. much. And then this is really hard because you don't know what leads the behaviour, but I don't think she would be having a nightmare every single night. That would be really unusual behaviour. Certainly, you know, if they've had busy days, they could often have a nightmare. The type of book you read before they go to bed could instigate the nightmare, but I think this stems back from waking up at grandma's and you weren't there. I think that's ideally the end. And now she's seeking that reassurance because it's happening every two or so hours and that's sort of their you know big girl sleep cycle so I think with a three and a half year old I'd start to talk to them before the night so in the late afternoon maybe saying to her you know you're coming into mummy's bed a lot more um, but now it's time to sleep in your big girl's bed and this is one where I might suggest a very low because you've got a one and a half year old in the room but a very low light in her room just to give her a very, a little bit of reassurance. So it'd have to be very soft 
almost like one of those, maybe one of those little plug-in nightlights, just to give us some reassurance and that, and to tell her what's going to happen. So if you come into mummy and daddy's room, we're going to give you a kiss and a cuddle, but we are taking you back to your room and that's where you need to sleep. So talking about it outside of the actual act of what's going on for her. But it is a weird thing. It could be something like her bed is under the window and she sees the shadows as she wakes. And that's what she's describing as a nightmare. So have a look at her environment and see if you can change it to her. Um, maybe even picking um, a soft toy that she can sort of cuddle and get that nurtured back. But talking about it outside the window of it happening is going to be more effective with a three and a half year old than dealing with it at two o'clock at night. It's all over. So <laughs> yes. I think, you know, everyone on the same page will do, will work with this and she'll be able to, to handle going to sleep. But watch what you read her before she goes to bed. That could be a clue to what's going on. Okay. This one is from Evert on our Facebook Live. Evert says, my son is 23 months and now wants me to take him into the car so he can sleep. Oh. Wow. <laughs> he doesn't want to sleep in the bed straight away. I try to put him down in bed. He sleeps for one minute, then walks out of his room and says, mom's car. I try to put him to bed again and again, and he keeps coming out of the room. I try this process three times, then I give up and take him to the car. Oh. Any help, please? He also wakes up three to four times looking for his bottle as he has a bottle with him to sleep. Okay, I think there's just those, one is a three-year-old and boy, are they good at getting us to do whatever they want them to do. So again, he's, he's three. Oh no, he's 23 months, isn't he? Sorry, he's Sorry, 23 yes, months. 23 months, yeah. So Sorry. if he's smart enough to say in the car, he must have got in that car quite a bit. So to be fair to him, that's where he sees himself going to sleep in the day. And the other thing is that he seems that he's in a bed at 23 months, which is really young to be in a bed. And that could be the other issue. And I don't know how, we don't know how long he's been in a bed for, but that'd be very young in a bed. So he might be looking for the security of the bars. But I think it's time just to teach him that if you've put him in a bed, that's where he's going. So maybe put a little baby gate on the door to make the whole space a bed in a way, in a cot, and to give him a few boundaries. But it does sound a little bit like he's got into the car and that's what we're breaking. So by putting the gate on the door, when he walks to the gate and calls out, then, then we've got the control. So we can take him back to his bed, put him down, give him a few pats, you know, reassure him and then walk out again. And that at least tells him the space that he's going to sleep in for both day and the night. But I think this is going to take a little bit of time and patience to be able to do, to take him backwards and forwards. Um, if he's not doing well with the bed and you've recently taken him out of the cot, then I'd really consider putting him back in the cot um, to see if you can get that consistency with his sleep. Um, and I think, again, we're going to tell him, you know, we're not going to sleep in the car, we're going to sleep in our bed. And, and I think it'll take you about three to five days and there will be a lot of, you know, sort of pushing back because he's only young. So just taking him back to the bed, laying him down, patting him, giving some reassurance and then leaving again should, should get, see it getting much better with what it's, with what's happening in the family. Okay, the next question is from Nikki on our Facebook Live. She says, my 10-week-old really dislikes day sleep. I have to rock, shush, and pat her to sleep and continue to hold her so she stays asleep. 
Nights are great, only wakes once or twice to feed. So how do I improve her day sleep? So usually when they're this young and they're not sleeping very much, not even sleeping the 45-minute cycle that you might hear, um, the first thing I start with is what are the cues that that baby's getting about going to sleep. So if I'm constantly falling asleep in your arms, then that's where I'm going to want to go to and go back to. But it sounds like this little one's also got very overtired because she's probably not even sleeping for very long in your arms. So she should still be in like a bassinet type of thing, which would help because we're going to start to put her down awake and then try and help her go off to sleep. So once she's been awake for a period of time, showing you the signs of tiredness, so somewhere around about an hour to an hour and a half, probably closer to the hour and a half, then I'd probably wrap her or swaddle her because she's still quite young. She probably needs those arms to her body still, so they're not flailing around. And then I would actually put her down in her bed and tuck her in and I would dim the room, not dark, not completely black, but dim the room and then tuck her in so she feels like you're still holding her. Then, then walk away and within a minute, she'll probably be starting to cry. And then I'd go back and try and settle her in the cot first. And this will take a few days, hands on her, maybe some body rocking, some padding, maybe even your bassinet will jiggle or, or rock a little bit and just get her to calm and see if you can get her to go off to sleep. Now, this will take about five to 10 minutes. So this isn't you know, a one minute thing and it's all failed. This is five to 10 minutes. And in that time, if she gets worked up, pick her up, give her a cuddle, calm her right down, put her back in the bed, tuck her in and rock her. Now, if we can get her to accept going to bed, it's going to make those sleep periods longer and it's going to make it easier to then add in some resettling after that. So let's try for just getting her into the bed and going to sleep in, in the bed from awake and then we'll do some resettle after that. This next question comes from Samantha on Facebook Live. She says, I have a four-year-old that sleeps in his bed until around 1am-ish. He then comes through to our room wanting to get in with us. We take him back many times, but he just follows us back. The more we take him back, the more he wakes up fully. Then he is awake for hours, three hours last night. Ooh, oh, Samantha, you oh. poor thing. He shares a room with our 20-month-old. So we can't make too much noise taking him back each time. Yep. He has no day naps. Bedtime is 7 p.m. and he has a nightlight. I feel it's just a habit coming through to us, but how do we break this habit when he just follows us back as many times as we take him back? I actually think he needs to stay awake longer to be tighter. So he's going to bed at 7 and he's a 4-year-old. The 4-year-olds usually have a lot of energy. Depends what time he starts the day because we don't have that bit of information, but I assume he starts the day around 6 or 6.30. And so I would be putting him to bed maybe at 7.30 and between 7 and 7.30 when that other little one's gone down to bed, the 20-month-old's gone down to bed, is to give him a bit of time. So reading me stories, lots of cuddles, you know, maybe turn the television off, don't try and cook dinner, just give him lots of reassurance. And again, like the one that we spoke about previously, tell him what the expectation is. So we don't want you coming out of the room. We want you to stay in your bed. Now, I wonder in this one whether we could maybe move the 20-month-old for a couple of nights into a porticot, into another space, and actually get that, that four-year-old much more settled, okay? And I wonder about the nightlight in this case. In this case, maybe with the nightlight on, 
it actually shows him the path to get out of his bed in the middle of the night. So I would give him time and attention between 7 and 7.30. I'd explain the expectation of you, we stay in our room. This is not a bad one to use a sticker, sticker chart on with a four-year-old. Like if you can give me three nights in a row of you staying in the room, then we will go and have lunch together. I'm, I'm not big into using actual food, like you'll get a chocolate or something like that. But having more time with you is probably what he's looking for. So going out to lunch with him, um, taking him to the park on the own with a 20-month-old, but just get that expectation in the right space. I'm going to use the gate again with this one. I put the gate on. When, when you can stay in your bed, I can take the gate off. So when he calls, you can get him back into his bed much quicker. But putting him to bed later might just help you get him back to sleep because he'll be a little bit tighter when you put him in. And it'll also give you some time and attention with him. Our next question comes from Louise on Facebook Live. She says, I have a three and a half year old that still wakes up two times a night minimum. I have to go in, put her dummy back in, tuck her back in. Sometimes she still wants a bottle. Then I sit on a chair for about 15 minutes before I go back to bed. She's had bad nights with nightmares, but most of the time it's that she wants comfort. She's still in a cot and has a nightlight and won't let my husband come in and comfort her. What can I do to get her to sleep through the night? You must be tired too, Louise. Yeah, but she has a lot of power, that three-and-a-half-year-old, to even determines who's coming in the room. Okay, you need to take a little bit back. We don't want to squash our little three-year-olds, but there's a lot going on where she has control. She's probably ready for um, a bed, and what might be waking her is not the bad dream. She can just tell you about what she's dreaming. But maybe it's moving around in the cot and, and banging the sides of the cot because she's three and a half she should you know it's time maybe for a big girl bed so what we would do is start to give her the idea you're a big girl and we're going to get you a big girl bed but you need to sleep better but I suspect the cot's got something to do with this one in this case I would get her her pillow that she's going to use on her bed and I'd make her little cot up like a bed so that we can see how well she's doing And while she's in the cot, I'd get rid of the dummy because I think that's another problem at three and a half. And I know that sounds like a huge mountain to climb to get rid of the dummy, but I think you'll be surprised how easily the dummy goes. And by getting rid of the dummy, it sort of solves the problem because she has to learn to self-settle. So we get our little pillow in and our little, we've made up a little bed, she's in a bed, we've tucked her in, we might even give her, you know, a little bed toy, a little snuggly toy for her to hold the dummy goes. Okay. Then I think the two of you have to parent because she will respond so much better if dad goes in there. So in this case, dad just goes to the door and similar to what we've spoken about with the other three and the four-year-olds is you need to put your head down before I'm coming to you. And then I'd say, and mummy's not coming to you. And maybe dad can do up to midnight and mum can do from midnight down but you need her sleeping better before you put her in the cot. Otherwise, she's just going to get out of the bed. Uh, sorry, before you put her in the bed because she's just going to get out of the bed. But I do think in this case, the bed will help in terms of reducing the number of times she wakes up. But you need to be strong as parents and say, what are we going to agree to? We're going to go to the door. We're going to ask her to lay down. We're going to go over. We're going to give her a pat and then we're going to leave again. And that we both do this regardless of who goes to the door because you have to parent together. You know, you have to have both of you parenting together. And what seems like an easy 
option for mum to go and do it, but she's still standing 15 minutes sitting on the chair. So it's not like it makes it any quicker or any easier. So I think now that she's three and a half and she's not a little baby anymore, it's just time to, to work out what those values are, to work out the consistency that you wanna do and to do it for three or four days. And then I think you'll be amazed at how well she does. Good luck with that, Louise. I hope you get more sleep soon. <laughs> this question comes from Eva. We spoke with her before from Facebook Live. She has another question. She says, I have a two-month-old baby who won't go to sleep unless she's on my breast. And once she's asleep, I put her down in the cot. She then wakes up and won't sleep in her cot. How can I get her to stay asleep when I put her down? Okay. So this one, we're going to use feed, play, sleep. So we've got to change that pattern around. I would start from the tomorrow morning. So it's hard to start in the middle of the day where she gets a full feed. She gets a play for about an hour to an hour and a quarter, depending on her tide signs. She's ten, uh, two months old. So she's only eight weeks old. So she gets wrapped or swaddled and she gets put down and then settled. So I think in the chaos of two children, it's just fallen into the pattern of feeding her to sleep because it'll be quicker but in the long term, it's just more chaotic. So I think if that older child has a day or two, maybe um, a daycare or with grandma helping out, then that's our time to concentrate on that little baby and change the pattern into feed, play, sleep. And that should help her get out of feeding to sleep. Probably have time for one last question here. This is from Susan from our Facebook Live last week. She says, hi, my 23-week-old was a perfect, perfect sleeper from day dot. She has now decided she wants to be held now and there are multiple wakes. How can we get through this? Okay, so 23 weeks. I'm just trying to work that out in months. It must be five months. Almost five months, yeah. Somewhere in that five-month window. So now she's a big five-month-old. Um, it's probably about resettling. So we need to find out the degree of perfect sleeping. So perfect sleeping for everyone could be really different, but a five-month-old needs two big sleeps in the day and at least one nap, you know. So whether it's a big sleep and a big sleep and a little nap or, you know, a big morning sleep, then a, then a little nap while you're out and then an afternoon sleep. So first I'd, I'd find the rhythm that suits what you're doing at home. They're generally awake for about an hour and three quarters to two hours. So make sure you're not pushing her too far or not putting her down. So I'd start with about an hour and three quarter and see where she's at at that point. And then it comes back to consistency. She's probably just woken up as many babies do across that fourth month, they're more alert and awake and she's just more aware of her surroundings and it's about how she settles and how you resettle her. So once you find your rhythm, then usually we can then give the structure around the sleep and the consistency will bring that sleep pattern, pat, sleep pattern back together again. Brilliant. Well, Chris, thank you so much for your help and advice today. Oh, that's a pleasure. Thank you. thank you for everyone for joining us on Facebook Live for your questions. And if you emailed us a question through, thank you for that as well. Um, just to let you know that if you didn't get your question through, Chris Minogue is one of our experts at Babyology's Parent School. So you can book a one-on-one -on -one session with Chris and uh, you can ask your question and do a bit of back and forth, which is always helpful, yeah. isn't it, Chris? It is. It's much easier because we get all the little questions answered.
Yeah. And that's the thing. It's uh, we're all different. We all parent differently. All our babies are different. So it's very helpful to have a conversation back and forth. So um, there'll be links in the notes of this episode on the podcast and also on the Facebook live, if you'd like to go through and check out the parent school and uh, Chris, thank you so much for your time and we'll see you all next week. It's a pleasure. Bye. Bye. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.